0: Hi there, this is Corey. This is Scott. And And this is Dave. This is unalphabetically the musical shenanigans. It was going to be alphabetically, but you threw it We're off. We're going to do it numerically now.
1: You're
2: supposed to tell us that before we started. <laughs> yeah,
0: I out. did. I said I would go, and then you. It okay, doesn't matter. Whatever. We're still talking about the Rolling Stone Top 500. We've got five albums to cover this week. And right from the top, Frank Sinatra in the wee Small Hours.
2: I'll jump in. I, I'm expecting to get a lot of grief over this, but I actually like Sinatra. And frankly, I don't think there's any. Hey, okay, frankly, I don't think there's any better sinatra than melancholy sinatra i think which is part of the reason i like this album this is a lot of people consider this to actually be the first concept album uh because all of the songs even though they were songs that already existed they all kind of revolve around this common theme of like broken relationships and loneliness and depression uh and sinatra laid out the songs so they sort of naturally flow into one another and tell a story even though they were already existing songs
0: right under the title i put In parentheses the man's breakup album
1: i I gotta be (laughs) honest a lot of the songs made me want to be drunk you know if you're not drinking and listening to this i you're probably not getting the full impact of the song it also kind of made me want to punch somebody um possibly either in the nads the throat the eye
0: mood indigo had a feel of of a Hank Williams I'm so lonesome I could cry and I had to look it up the Hank Williams came out in 49 yeah
1: nothing brings
0: you down quite like it
1: well that's true that's true country old school country certainly has that methodology going for it but kind of hate Frank's voice to begin with that's just that, hey, I'm here, and I'm doing Vegas, and I'm a loungeless motherfucker. Oh, man, please, just strap him to a rocket, shoot him into the fucking sun, and be done with it.
0: Dude. I grew up listening to Frank and I have to tell you and I watched the documentary and how he approaches songs and how he sings different lines
2: and total perfectionist. I, I understand Scott what you're saying about sort of the the stereotypical lounge lizard voice but like you got to bear in mind when when he came out nobody was doing that That's at the time.
1: That's true. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. As we said earlier who the hell put this list together? Because as as you pointed out, Dave, every Kanye West album was on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Something's not right here. I did listen to it, and honestly, it hurt me. So, you know, I feel a little bit scarred having gone through that now. And it's like between wanting to, you know, just punch someone right in the anus.
2: You keep moving farther back. You do. Yeah, well. But strapping them
1: to a rocket, that's pretty damn funny. He deserves it, him and Jewel.
2: I, I, yeah, to, to kind of contextualize this, though, I mean, you say he deserves it, but like, you, I think you got to bear in mind too that this, a lot of this sort of like depressing, melancholy thing, it, it's a direct outgrowth of where he was in his life at that point. His wife divorces him. He runs off into the arms of Ava Gardner, who he'd been having an affair with behind his wife's back. They get married 10 days after the, after his first divorce, but she turns around and leaves him too. There's a report out there that he even attempted suicide at a certain point before this album was made. So, I mean, he was in a dark place when this came out.
0: And this album actually regenerated his, his career. I believe Frank belongs in the top 500. I think he's a good representation of this style of music and deserves to be there
1: yeah, I'm gonna, have, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to say no just it was painful
0: next on our list boogie down productions criminal minded scott you got anything positive here oh
1: yeah yeah yeah. no no, no. these guys are great actually i was very surprised because i'd never listened to this i'd never heard it so i went in and was like okay let's hear it poetry damn that's that's a lot of really standout tracks for me were Nine Millimeter Go Bang. That was awesome. And Poetry. Those two really just stood out. Uh, and the, it, really, the whole album
2: is cool. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But, like, I mean, at the end of last week's show, we were all just sort of laughing about how, like, how, how is this even on the list when none of us have ever yeah. heard of it? But I agree with Scott. I kind of loved listening to this, honestly. It was
1: cool. It was really cool. It was solid, beginning to
0: end. I mean, I could definitely feel the influence for Paul's Boutique. And it seems like there was a showdown between the Bronx and Queens hip hop. Oh really? They mention it frequently throughout the song that the hip hop originates in the Bronx, not in Queens, and yet Run DMC is is Queens. I knew it was a it, there
1: was there was a yeah. lot of rivalry in the early days especially in New York with the hip hop scene,
0: the metal scene, oh the metal scene especially too. And both comparatively to Run DMC I mean, Hmm. I don't have the vocabulary to really pinpoint it, but there is a difference between the two. But I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But you could hear there was just a slight different style to what they're doing, I guess, in the Bronx, to what was being done in Queens.
2: Well, you know, one of the tracks, Dope Beat, I made a note that, uh, you know, last week we talked about Run DMC and, and specifically we talked about the My Adidas song uh, in that dope beat song. At one point, he actually says, I don't wear Adidas because my name ain't run.
0: Not segueing to uh, another album today, but they do sample Back in Black.
2: Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was another song, um, Success is the Word, that opens with a cash register. And mm-hmm. I'm... I'm Pretty sure it's the exact same cash register sound effect that Pink Floyd used on Money. Nice.
0: Overall, I'm going to say yes. This belongs in the top 500.
2: Yep, I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. But I want
1: to add something else, Corey. You mentioned um, the difference there between Run, Run DMC. It's like I feel they're almost a little bit more lyrical than Run DMC was. Run DMC was a little a little bit more um, disjointed with their word choice. They they didn't necessarily try to.
0: They were. They were focused more on the rhyme than the message. Right, gotcha. Got, yes. yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: And I
2: think KRS-One has like a little better command of the language too. Like he'll sort of he, his rhymes sort of go on these extended rants where he can just sort of freestyle for a while. It was a brilliant album. It really was.
0: And maybe that is the the definitive difference between the Queens and the Bronx. Maybe so. One is more the rhythm. And the rhyming, and this one is more the message. Yeah,
1: the message here was was solid, and you you got it. And if you didn't, you're a fucking yes. idiot.
0: Now it's time for Continuum by John Mayer. <laughs> I'll start. I didn't hate it. I felt it was very milk toast. Everything just kind of flowed along. It felt like something that I've I've heard before. No. I, I wrote. It feels about as white as Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> okay, that's where he's born. That's the joke. <laughs> and. It also sounded like something Ben Harper had done 10 years before this, and then find out Ben Harper played on this album.
1: Very, very, very Ben
2: Harper. I didn't
0: dislike it. I thought some of his guitar playing was amazing. Mm-hmm. He definitely mm-hmm. has some Hendrix bits in there.
2: Well, one of the songs he covered, Bold as Love by Hendrix, and, and did a phenomenal job with it with the guitar piece on that.
1: Yeah, home, home, Homeboy Can Play. I didn't hate it either. Slow Dance in a Burning Room is that just the standout track for me. The rest.
0: The slow dancing one. When I heard the chorus, all I could hear was "Heart of Gold" by Neil Young.
2: I I like Mayer's playing. I love his playing. He's 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 kind of a middling songwriter, but he's a hell of a player.
1: Yeah. Y- yes. What you said. It's like I get why people are crazy about him. I get it, but. I don't, I just can't jump on that
2: boat So the so the interesting story about John Mayer Two things actually Number one, he was, he first wanted to pick up the guitar After watching Marty McFly in Back to the Future Wow Where he did the whole, uh, the whole Chuck Berry bit And so 13 years old, his father goes out, gets him a guitar And he proceeds to like get so obsessed with playing and practicing this thing all the time That his parents twice took him to a psychiatrist to see if something was wrong with him because a kid could not put the guitar down.
0: I can find a little respect in that. Yeah, maybe there is something wrong with him. Just saying. Maybe there is. He's a good guitar player, but I don't feel he's a top five hundred. There's nothing I... that inspires or groundbreaking or worthwhile. Of like, hear this album before you die. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like that had to be there.
1: Yeah,
2: I can buy that. I think the only reason he's here is that five hundred is a long list.
3: House hunting got you down? Not finding anything affordable? At Buford Second Chance Realty, we got you covered. We specialize in homes that have been given bad reputations for circumstances well beyond their control. Some rather horrible things happened here. The house did not commit the crime. I don't know. But look at this large walk-in closet. This is so perfect. I can fit all my shoes in here. And we didn't even know these people. Buford Second Chance Realty, we got you covered. I. My murder house. Okay, let's move on to the fun one. Okay, AC/DC, Woo! Back in Black.
1: Scott, you go. Oh, what's not to like about that album? It's four chords all the way through, and they're the most amazing four chords you've ever heard in your life. And and they're going to repeat that for the next
0: thirty years, and they're going to make a shit ton of money. Twas nineteen eighty, and Bon Scott was dead. Brian Johnson, drafted from Geordie, took his stead <laughs> for his breakout album for Brian Johnson. Yeah. It was solid.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, the opener, hells bells. Come on. They they
2: actually had that bell custom made for that song. That, I good, know and it. that
0: was so cool. I did not
2: know that. Yeah. That is cool. Cuz they wanted it to be exactly the right pitch to work <laughs> with <laughs> the song. So you got to pick so you got to pick one, Bon Scott or Brian Johnson. Bon Scott. Really? Yeah, really. That's interesting. I'm more of a Brian Johnson guy. I'm a Bon Scott.
0: I love the older stuff, but I think Brian Johnson really brought something different to the band
2: he brought the sanity to the band <laughs> as one critic apparently put it Brian Johnson sings like there's a cattle prod at his scrotum
0: there you go there you go yes I mean where else are we gonna get um lyrics like let me cut your cake with my knife
2: that is that is a deep
1: line my
2: friend
0: this was I mean pure sexual innuendo <laughs> unlike what we have Gee, today where <laughs> just out there well that's I true, just I, mean. I can't I
2: I I, the, I guess for me the reason it's Brian Johnson is because I, I just to this day I can't think DC without just immediately hearing that like sort of high-pitched screamy sound that he's got. That's true.
1: For those about to
2: rock,
0: we salute you FIRE! (laughs) Produced by Robert John Mutt Lang. Oh, Matt Lang. Ex-Mr. Shania Twain. Exactly. I mean, I mean, started with, like, I looked them up, Boomtown Rats. Yeah. I mentioned the Outlaws because they're from Tampa. Yeah. He did Highway to Hell. He did Foreigner 4. Yep. He did most of the Def Leppard albums. And then you can start to see the slide that Brian Adams Waking Up the Neighbors, which sounds like the Def Leppard album. And then Shania Twain, which sounds like a Def Leppard album. And then at 2008 is where he hits rock bottom, Nickelback. And he did Highway to Hell with them. I think he did a couple others. There has to be representation of them in the top 500. And I think that there should have also been a Bon Scott album in the top 500. This is the only entry they have I think
2: is really
1: highway to hell should have been in there then
2: no I mean I, I guess there, I think there's there's probably two reasons this one's in here I think one is just that that the, the fact that they came out not only with an album this strong but an album this strong after their lead singer dies it's it's kind of remarkable that the band didn't just end right there you know what I mean that's true but then to come out not only come out and make a new album with a new singer but to come out and make a new album with a new singer that is this huge I mean half of this album Turned into radio singles it's it's amazing i just i did enjoy reading that after uh bon scott died of alcohol poisoning the uh, official coroner's report ruled it as death by misadventure which is like the most british thing i've ever read in my life
1: (laughs) oh the poor chap died death
0: by misadventure oh poor lad oh well
1: like
2: he was chasing down a pickpocket in victorian london
0: (laughs) wait weren't they aren't they australia now
2: they are yes but yes but he was in london when he when he died that would make sense.
0: All right,
1: finally. Oh, wait, so do we all say yes on that? Or? Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yeah, I think the, the only thing we're arguing is whether they should have other albums in addition yeah, to this one. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and they should. I, I think that, you know, even though they play the same three to five chords, yeah. they're still timeless. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yep, agreed. They're one of the few bands that does that. <laughs> Fleetwood
0: Mac Rumors.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh, go ahead, Scott. Oh, no, 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 no. I just... Uh, it's a beautiful album, I mean, from start to finish. And considering how coked out they all were and how strange they were as a band and reading about that, that time in their recording, it's Fleetwood wanted to do it in the studio and insisted they all get there. None of them wanted to do that. They all had uh, McVee and uh, Nix were living like in another place, and it, it was weird. And they're all just coked out of their minds, and they made this amazing amazing
2: record a guy apparently who was working in the studio at the time actually i read a quote he said i'm gonna i'll I'm read it to you directly the way he said it the band would come in at seven at night have a big feast party till one or two in the morning and then when they were so whacked out they couldn't do anything they'd start recording
0: well anyways i read the book it's called get tusked and it's about the making of Tusk. Now, they refer back to rumors and just the amount of coke and the amount of drugs that they were doing. Amazing. This album, like you said, they were at each other's throats. You had two couples, one getting divorced, Stevie Nixon and Lindsey Buckingham, their volatile relationship. They were
1: never, after they divorced, they were, well.
0: They never married. No, they didn't, did they? No. no. What's amazing is, is how much, and, and I read this in the Get Tusked book. Stevie brings in something, and Lindsay still gives like a hundred percent of himself to make that song work. Even though he knows she is taking a shot at him directly, <laughs> he just sees the bigger picture. That guy, what he hears in his head to what he puts out on these tracks is amazing.
1: His guitar playing is second to none on that album. Yeah, just
0: you—you yeah. you
1: can't compete with that. That—that that was some tough. That was some badass playing. The chain, uh, I will say
0: is a perfect song
1: if there could ever
0: be if there is a song that i can name as a perfect song it's that one Yes, everything about that song just works yes agreed
1: agreed and uh, honestly a lot of those songs (laughs) really
0: i'm looking at the list just about every song on here has had airplay yeah i guess you're right secondhand news yep. yes. Oh, yeah yes dreams absolutely never going back again not as much but yes don't stop obviously go your own way which, oh yeah uh songbird and then the chain you make loving fun yeah i don't want to know oh daddy and gold dust woman I think every single one of them uh, had radio play.
2: As you're reading those out, I'm thinking of Scott's comment about you know the, the tension between you know Buckingham and Nick's, but that's the whole album is them just their it personal sure relationships. "You Make Love and Fun" was was McVie, Christine McVee talking about singing about her boyfriend that she started dating after she left John McVee.
0: yeah, who I think was a lighting director.
2: Yeah, so like so translation, you make love and fun because that guy sucked, but he's playing
0: bass on the album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go go your own way now, and it's on netflix echoes in the canyon the mamas and the papas john phillips wrote a song go go where you want to go it was about michelle phillips cheating on him it wasn't another band member i mean it'd be like oh it was probably the drummer she slept with or the bass player nope it was the songwriter nice where does he fall on the hierarchical chain
2: (laughs) yeah it's it's just amazing that they could put that stuff aside and like come together to work on these songs knowing that they're They're really just all taking these veiled swipes at one another. Right. And
0: doing background vocals on it, knowing that, I mean, (laughs) Lizzie clearly knows he's singing about himself.
2: It's it's
1: such an autobiographical album in a lot of ways. You were honest, I'll give you that. So
0: it absolutely deserves top 500. Oh, yeah. And it's in the top 10. I would state it,
2: it belongs there. I totally agree. Unrelated to the album, one thing I learned... That uh, I did not know. Are you guys aware in the mid seventies of the fake Fleetwood Mac? No, no. Okay, as Fleetwood Mac is all sniping at each other, they're out on the road. They were part way through a tour. They had a particularly bad show. They walk up stage. I think it was Mick Fleetwood tells their their manager at the time, "We're done. It's over. Cancel the rest of the shows. This is we're not doing this anymore." The manager basically says, "Screw you. You're not going to screw me over." He goes out, puts out ads, and hires all new musicians. Tells them he's doing it on Mick Fleetwood's behalf when in fact, Mitt Fleetwood knew nothing about any of this, hires all new musicians and says, you guys are going to tour as, quote, the new Fleetwood Mac. And he sends them out on tour under that name without the knowledge or permission of anybody in the band and it actually worked for a while you could be a huge fan of a band and have no idea what they look like number one that's true and and number two this is we're talking the time before big video screens so like if you were any farther back than the fifth row you couldn't see anybody until finally like the word got out that this was totally unauthorized and then fans started showing up and booing and throwing things and it all fell apart just talk about a bizarre story like like literally your manager gets pissed off so he goes out and hires another band to, to play under your
3: name. How's hunting got you down, not finding anything affordable, at Buford Second Chance Realty, we got you covered. The basement is spacious, but what is with the door in the floor? Well, that's a portal to hell. Satan lives down there. Hey, hey, come on, let me out.
1: Come on, we can play Parcheesi.
3: I assure you, do not let him out, because within 48 hours all hell will, well, you know. I, I
1: promise, I swear, right like no world domination, not this time, <laughs> trust me, trust me, come on. Do
3: not be beguiled by his wiles. Put a throw rug over that door and don't even think about come it. Come on, we'll make cookies, I got chocolate. And if it does get out, play the Nickelback, that will scare him off. You for second chance Realty, we got you covered. Cookies, <laughs>
0: One last thing from last week when I was talking about Al Green and his other albums should have been in the top 500 and not his greatest hits. Well, lo and behold, there were two albums that were in the top 500, one called I'm Still in Love With You and the other called Call Me. Five from those tracks were on the greatest hits and there were 10 tracks on the greatest hits. So half of the greatest hits are on two other albums in the top 500. Okay. So I call bullshit.
2: Yeah, I think I defended it last week, but that you're making a good point.
0: Next week, as we've discussed, I wanted to talk about the artists that have five or more albums in the top 500. Oh, absolutely. There's eight of them, so we're going to have to do four. Somebody pick an album they want to talk about from them. The next time, The Beatles, Neil Young, Bowie, and... Kanye. That leaves, for the next time, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, and Led
2: Zeppelin. We're going to talk about the artists as a whole, but everybody come and and name the one album that you think is most deserving of being on the list. Okay.
0: Okay. I think this is a good place to stop
2: recording. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's likely
0: going to get cut. So, hey, thank you This was great. (laughs) Hey, Scott, what show number is this? Dong, dong, dong. Right. Three. Thanks. Nice.